Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. In this episode, we're discussing three anthology films from four prominent directors, Zoya Akhtar, Anwar Kashyap, Deepakar Banerjee, and Karen Johar. First up, we celebrate 100 years of Indian cinema with Bombay Talkies. Then we explore the range and diversity of female sexuality with lust stories. Finally, we get spooked with ghost stories. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. We're talking talkies. Yeah, yeah. On Twitter, we asked, and Facebook, we double posted, um, what what we should call this trilogy, this series. I don't know if, if these directors are planning on making more films. Uh, <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> I think I'd be fine if they didn't, actually. <laughs> Spoiler uh, alert. I think the two that I suggested were the Talkies series or the Stories series, neither of which sounds, uh, I don't know. Appealing? Yeah, appealing, yeah. yeah. Neither sounds great. Especially as... You liked the Talkies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've been a fan of the Talkies since <laughs> I've been able to go to the films. Amrita suggested the Bollywood Chumma Chummies. Okay. I like that. I think that was our only suggestion. I implied there was more than one. I think there was only one. We could call them, you know, the director chums. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we get to all of that and more, man, this uh, this episode's starting off. Blah, bang. Fireworks. Yep. Uh, we have a new review, Matt. Oh, nice. Uh, this review comes from the uh, Great Britain store from the UK. Oh, I'm uh, sorry about uh, Brexit. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully things are going okay over there. Uh, it is four stars, so not quite five, but you know what? We're willing to work for that fifth star. Yeah, we'll put the effort in. Yeah. Uh, and it comes from CJ1294 Dollar Dollar. Um, I like to pronounce the dollar sign as Dala, you know, the, like when Kesha still had it. K- she Kedala. was Kedala. Kedala. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think I just continue to pronounce it Kedala. Dala. Sure. Uh, anyway, CJ12947 Dala Dala says, Mast Desi Podcast. Oh. A good Bollywood podcast with speakers Aaron and Matt, who are a non Desi couple and have a great NRI take on our very Bollywood cinema. Interesting. So, NRI take, huh? Yeah, I mean, we are non resident. We are non resident. We are non resident. Yeah, he, he does. Oh, sorry. I'm assuming. I'm assuming they're he or she, they. Do point out that we are not Indian, mm-hmm. which is important to listen to our show when you're I listening mean, to our show. It's more of a non-Indian resident. That's us. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, can I go back to the review? Yeah. Um, enjoy listening to their views and banter, which is as insightful as it is love and admiration for Hindi cinema. Very true. I don't know about how insightful it is, but we do have a lot of love and admiration for Hindi cinema. And I'm constantly bantering, even to myself. <laughs> Yeah, I can't get you to stop bantering. Uh, a good companion for my ears on the way to work. Oh. Well, thank you, CJ12947. Uh, we really appreciate that. We really, really do. Thank you so much. We like hanging out with you, too. We, did, we, weren't, we didn't know until recently that you were hanging out with us, but we like it. Yes. Uh, if you would like to be cool, like CJ, etc., uh, leave us a review and a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It would be... Great, you know, to have a review to read at the top of every episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're kicking off, we're, we're easing into 2020, and uh, we, we love those reviews. We especially love five-star ones, but four stars are also nice. Yeah. Yes. And if it's a really funny one-star review, sure. <laughs> 
well, I mean, we've read our one-star reviews. We are not afraid of criticism. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, uh, we are talking about three anthology films. Now, an anthology film, you know what an anthology film is, right, Matt? Pretend I don't. Uh, it's essentially a film made up of short, shorter films. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes they can be by all the same directors, like The Ballad of Busker Scruggs. Yeah, uh, which you still haven't seen. Uh, it's true. I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paris, Paris Jetem. Paris Jetem. That, that was, was another example I was going to use. Yeah. Uh, Paris Jetem is, is like the ones that we're going to be discussing today. Uh, short films by a bunch of different directors. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to give a shout out to this... Bengali one that I saw. X, The Past is Present. Yes, it's a Bengali anthology film. Uh, and it has an interesting premise where there's like one director remembering like his experiences with women. Uh, it was wildly uneven. I watched it largely because uh, Q uh, had a piece in it that I was really interested in. Uh, some of them were really interesting some of them were super boring and some of them were gross and it was quite the experience to watch it on a plane <laughs> well i'll put a link to it yeah it was streaming somewhere right yeah yeah so yeah so that's some examples of some anthology films often an anthology film kind of has an overarching theme mm-hmm. uh, and as we are going to see these three anthology films do i i don't particularly like anthology films you know why they're the definition of hit and miss they are totally a definition of hit and miss and i don't really like short films do you like short stories? Yes. Because that is the Canadian contribution to world literature. Short stories? Yeah, through Alice Munro and others. Like yeah. That's something that we're known for being good at. I do like short stories, but I think like a solid short story can often be translated to like a feature-length film. Yeah. I, but whereas short films, I just I often find them... Some of these could be haiku. Yeah, <laughs> I often find them very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. A lot of short films are made as kind of proof of concept for a feature. Obviously, yeah. not all of them, but for example, like student films. Yeah, yeah, or um, Skin, which won the Academy Award. Oh, was it last year? Oh, right, uh, for yeah. best uh, narrative. Is that about tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a, a white racist gets completely tattooed black. Right. Yes. Uh, and then they went on to make a feature, or like Whiplash was originally a short film hmm. and then became a feature. Uh, yeah, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not overly fond of them. There are some exceptions. I really like Guy Madden's short films. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the Coen brothers, I actually think they do a good job with their short films. Uh, their um, Chacun Son Cinema piece of Josh Brolin going to an art house theater, I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, what, do you remember what movie he watched? Uh, Climax. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great little short film. I'll put put a link in the to notes. it. Yeah, uh, Trevor Anderson, a local filmmaker here in Edmonton, <laughs> I think is a master of the short film. Yeah, we could also put a link to Docking. Uh, yeah, don't, don't watch that one at work or with your kids around. Yeah, or if they're just you know very confident in their uh, maturity level, possibly. And Matthew Rankin, another Canadian filmmaker, his, his very, short like, movies Winnipeg are Winnipeg weird. They're all on Vimeo. Yeah. They're fantastic. I That's why he's my most watched filmmaker of last year, because <laughs> I watched The 20th Century, and then I watched five more short movies, and then, yeah, no one could beat it. Yeah. But in general, I don't seek shorts out. Hmm. What, how do you feel about shorts? And I will say, I often think the ones nominated for the Oscars are terrible. Uh, I like short films, um, but anthologies, I would honestly rather watch, like, one short film. Yeah. Like, 
it's so difficult to have them make sense with each other and not be either repetitive or have mm-hmm. nothing in common that, you know, it's almost not worth the point a lot of the time. Yeah, and I think because of that hit and miss quality, like you you kind of just want to see the good ones. I also think of those um, those horror anthologies they've done, like the ABCs of Death and the ABCs of Death 2. Creepshow, though. Creepshow was good. Oh, yeah. Creep, I, yeah, I, I, I do like Creepshow. There's the um, Stephen King ones, what, Cat's Eye. Mm-hmm. See, short stories, very good for horror. Yes. With mixed results in this particular horror anthology. But I think short stories and short films work very well for horror because you don't actually have time to care about the protagonist and it's okay if they die. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I'd say like a lot of modern horror films feel rather drawn out where you spend the first Midsummer hour. Midsommar <laughs> doesn't need to be three hours long. That's wild. It could, it could just be... You know, one hour long, and you would get the point. I was thinking more of like the cheapy Bloomhouse movies where you're just kind of, they don't put a lot of investment in characters, so you're just kind of waiting for these people to start getting like spooked or killed off or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So I guess like, I don't know. I, I find the short film a rather kind of unsatisfying medium. Do what's good. But though? when they're good, they're really good. The Heart of the World by Guy Madden is one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah. Vignettes are good. Yeah. Cause like you watch oh, Coen Brothers again, but inside Lewin Davis. It really is kind of Lewin Davis rocking up to a location and something happening. And then he goes on to something else. Yeah. It you know, you can kind of put the story together yourself in your head. Yeah, that's true. But fair. like a lot of their movies are very like Scene, scene, scene. And each one in itself is funny and could be a short film on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess the definition of a, of a short film, to help people out, um, it's pretty much just a film that's shorter than 45 minutes. Because 45 minutes is a feature? Over 45 is this, minutes. Is this Oscar rules? Yeah. Yeah. So I believe in the Oscars, a short film has to be under 45 minutes. Sorry, Oscars is 40 minutes. It's what, like five minutes to 45 minutes? That's such a huge breadth amount of time Yeah, that it's almost difficult to even judge things against each other. At least these ones are about the same length yeah. in each of them. Yeah. and the- I mean, Ghost Stories, again, did not have to be two and a half hours long. Yeah, and it's always interesting when you look at the, the shorts programs for the Oscars, the documentaries are always super long because yeah. they'll use the full 40 minutes. And then the animation shorts... You'll have one that's five minutes. Yeah. Um, and the animation shorts, uh, I guess there's a big asterisk on my on my kind of everything I have to say about short films. Uh, I think anim- animation uh, works well. As well, a short some film. yeah, some really out there weird animation you wouldn't want to watch a whole feature of, but yeah, you could watch five minutes. And of Don Hertzfeld, like he makes some yeah. incredibly moving short films, and those are all animation pieces. Um, there's obviously the Pixar animation shorts mm-hmm. that I think people are used to, and just kind of Disney shorts in general. Those I Mickey shorts? love the new Mickey shorts. Those I mean, are really I love good. classic Mickey shorts as well, like Steamboat Willie and all that. Um, Looney Tunes, those are all like mm-hmm. short films um, before they got like put on TV and kind of turned into a like a kind of TV program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's been some banter about short films and the the form. Um, it's existed since before feature length. Yeah. Very I mean, film was a short film. 45 seconds, right? Yeah. Train pulling into the station? Well, that's the first one ever screened. The first one ever shot was Workers Leaving the Factory. Mm. The Lumiere Brothers Factory. I actually watched 
because Neil Barnholden. Mm, shout out to Neil who needs to come back on the show. Past guest of the show. He uh, he put a video up of someone who'd scaled up. Yeah, that. I saw that. It was cool. It was kind of cool, but also like the image quality wasn't great. So it it like it looked realistic, but also muddy. Yeah. But it's a cool idea. Yeah. It was nice to see someone using. Um, a neural network for something not evil mm-hmm. like not putting some actress's head on a porno body you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i suspect that my relationship with short films is colored by your to... hatred of vine <laughs> no i do hate vine and tiktok uh no i was gonna say you should have seen the look she just gave <laughs> i think it's colored to a certain extent by yeah the anthology film which can often be uneven um, as well as, you know, the, the shorts that kind of receive the most circulation or some of the shorts that receive the most circulation are the Oscar-nominated shorts. Um, and I generally don't think they're very good. What about because World's Greatest always, Commercials? They're it, always, like, issue-based. Sure. What about World's Greatest Commercials? Now I hate sh- that program. Now they're short films. I hate <laughs> sitting around watching ads for two and a half hours. But what? Some of them are kind of sexy, and then some of them are like... So wild. You can't even imagine that a panda would do that. So these three anthology films all feature pieces from Zoya Akhtar, Karen Johar, Dipakar Banerjee, and Anurag Kashyap. Mm -hmm. The first one, Bombay Talkies, came out in 2013, and it was made to mark 100 years of Indian cinema. I think that's great. I also think that's great. I wish other film producing nations would do something like that. Well... You know, I was watching that, that short movie... Fury of the Demon mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago and it's it's about a secret uh, hidden silent movie that is connected to George Melies mm-hmm. drives people crazy it's a kind of a fake docudrama thing but I thought that was actually a pretty cool way of reminding you know French movie fans that look you guys invented fantasy filmmaking in a certain sense mm-hmm. India did you know mythologicals right off the hop too but these are ways of remembering back when movies were really just this wild new art form, you know? There have been a lot of prominent kind of shorts commissions that have been done um, to commemorate things like the history of cinema. So um, probably the two biggest ones that I'm aware of uh, have been TIFF and Kong. Um, So TIFF commissioned a ton of Canadian filmmakers. It's where the to, guy Madden heard of the world the comes, guy from. Madden one comes from. Is that also the Cronenberg, the kids in the background making a movie and it's creepy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. not. You're gonna have to put a ton of links in this yeah. episode. Yeah. So those both came from that. Um, and Chacon Son Cinema, um, I'm pretty sure was a was a cons commission, and that's where that Cohen Brothers one comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and the theme of, of both of those commissions uh, were about kind of celebrating cinema, just mm-hmm. like like this project is. Um, and this film dates... You should tell the story about Guy Madden now. Oh, okay. So the story about Guy Madden is he was commissioned to make this short film for TIFF. And a bunch of other Canadian filmmakers were at the same time. And a lot of them were challenging themselves to have as few of cuts as possible. For like a five-minute movie. Yes. And Guy Madden wanted, decided that he was going to do the opposite. He wanted to have as many cuts as possible and try to give you the experience of a feature-length film in a short film. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of the best things he's ever made. It does have like a full three-act structure and an arc. Kino. And it's it's got a lot of cuts. And... It's awesome. Awesome. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite pieces of cinema. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, you know, take five minutes (laughs) off of your day 
Watch the Heart of the World. Watch a couple of the of these shorts. And Sissy Boy Slap Party. And Sissy Boy Slap Party. <laughs> Who could forget? Uh, so this is a show about Bollywood, Matt. <laughs> it is a show about Bollywood and not outre Canadian cinema. But you know what? Maybe we're good at short movies, too. Maybe. Bombay Talkies was made to celebrate 100 years of Indian cinema. It came out in May in 2013, and it screened at cons. And uh, that does not mean it screened in competition. No, it did not screen in competition. It was just at cons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, important distinction there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you screen in competition, you're not nominated for the Palm d'Or. I hate that. You just put yourself in for the Palm d'Or. Well, you've been selected to compete. Yeah. Which doesn't make you nominated. No. I don't know. It's... Semantics. What about in a certain regard? What does that mean? Uh, that's just a different stream. Oh, okay. That's a, yeah, that's a different. Because that's where Anurag Kashyap often ends yes. up, right? Or yeah. directors Fortnite. Yes, yeah. also a different stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Listen this- to our cons episode to find out more about how I don't know anything about cons and uh, in the me- intermediate years have not looked into it. <laughs> so. Uh, the four films are, and this is the only one of the three um, anthology films where the short films seem to have titles. Mm-hmm. Um, Ajit Stand Haye, directed by Karen Johar, starring Rani Mukherjee, Saqib Salim, and Randy Puda. Star by Dipakar Banerjee, starring Nawazuddin Siddiqui, based on a story by Satyajit Rai. Sheila Kijavani, directed by Zoya Akhtar, starring Ranveer Shori, Naman Jain, and Katrina Kef. Moraba, Directed by Anurag Kashyap, starring Vineet Kumar Singh and Amitabh Bachchan. Spoiler alert. There is also a song at the end of the film, uh, which we can discuss later. It's um, awkward. Apna Bombay Takis. It's very awkward. A lot of cameos, um, including Amir Khan, Shahrukh Khan, Sri Devi, Madhuri Dixit, Akshay Kumar, Joey Chalwa, Saif Ali Khan, Karina Kapoor, Priyanka Chopra. Ranbir Kapoor, Deepika Padukone, Ranbir Singh, and Imran Khan. They, they, uh, Imran Khan got in there. He was, you know. I guess he he would have been a bigger deal at the time. But it's, yeah. it's interesting now to see this kind of snapshot of stars who were big and who they thought were going to be like the next generation. Cause you know, they did a pretty good job apart from Imran Khan, who I have nothing against. He's No, he's I don't either. Good. I, I wish he did more Delhi Bellies. I think that would be fun. Yeah, I just think it's it's notable that... Delhi's a belly, lot of those stars, you know, were were you know on the cusp of of becoming big box office stars, and they did, like Ranveer Singh, um, and Imran Khan, less so. I, I would also like to see Imran Khan's return to the screen. Yeah, he seemed cool. Um, so these four short films are all about celebrating cinema and the effect that m- the movies have on lives of people in India. Karen Johars is about a young gay man who kind of gets to know one of his female co-workers and she then introduces him to her husband and her husband turns out to be uh, closeted and they bond over their love of old Bollywood music. Star is about a junior artist played by Nawazuddin Siddiqui uh, who, you know, is gets the opportunity to have like a short speaking role in a film Opposite with a grocery. Very short speaking. Yeah. <laughs> and he's uh, kind of excited to share that experience with his child. No, it's not with a grocery. It's uh, Ranbir Kapoor. Oh, sorry. It's Ranbir Kapoor. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. It's Ranbir Kapoor. Um, Sheila Kijavani is about a young boy who just wants to be a dancer. He just wants to be like Sheila. But his father, uh, you know, has more traditional ideas about who, you know, what his son should be and who his son is. Play soccer, um, damn it. <laughs> Moraba is about a man having to take 
his mother's preserves, his yeah. her, her fruit it's preserves, fruit preserve, yeah. to Amitabh Bachchan and get him to bite into it. It's like his father's dying wish. Well, he thinks that it, it, it'll <sighs> you know save his health. You know, like I said, Matt... This is probably the best one. Anthology films can be a mixed bag. I will say, overall, this is my favorite of the films in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but even these are a bit bit uneven. I guess, which one did you like the best? Uh, so, my favorite of these was Star by Deepakar Energy. Okay, I have a different favorite. I thought uh, the story of Nwazdeen Siddiqui, who... Uh, you said he was a junior artiste, but it's more than that. Like, he wanted to be an actor, and mm-hmm. he didn't really make it. Now he's kind of jobless and, you know, washing clothes at home, and he owns a peacock or an emu or something. <laughs> he has, like, an emu he in his house. He has an emu. But, like, he's he's sad, and he doesn't feel like he's going anywhere. And the main important part of the movie is him kind of remembering his old acting coach yeah. and talking about, like, you know, how I, he was meant for the stage. And even though this is just like a little walk-on role, like he's actually getting to be creative again. Mm-hmm. And that's really nice. Yeah. It reminded me of this Filipino film I've seen. Um, and I, I don't in general like a lot of Filipino movies that I've seen, partly because a lot of them have been really broad comedies and a lot of like romantic comedies that um, I find rather conservative because of... Um, the the general kind of politics in the Philippines. It's a very Catholic country. And a very conservative country. Look at their president. Yes, He's a very conservative yeah. one. Uh, but I saw this film called Extra, uh, which was about a middle-aged woman who is like a, a junior artist. She's an extra on Filipino soaps. And it's about one day at work when she gets the opportunity to, to have a speaking role and just mm-hmm. kind of how all of that goes. Uh, and then her family gathers together at the end of the night to like watch her episode, and she's doing it all to kind of like support her daughter. It's a very working class film. Um, it, I've looked for a DVD of it. it. It's hard to get a hold of. Um, it played at TIFF, but if you have, if you have the opportunity to see it, uh, I think it's well worth it. It's a really interesting film about um, women's work and takes you behind the scenes of the kind of Filipino soap opera <laughs> industry. Um, this reminded me a lot of that, which is why I bring it up. Um, but it, it's obviously different. The kind of the, the fantastical element here where, like you said, he's remembering his acting coach, um, I, I thought was really, was really great. Um, and it really gets you into Nawazuddin Siddiqui's character's head. I also really liked how at the beginning of the movie, at the beginning of the day, his uh, daughter's mad at him. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because uh, he usually tells her a story or something, and I guess he's running out of stories, or she, she's and like, "And now no. he has a new one." Yeah, she's like, "No, you're not going to tell me that story. You're, you're tired of telling me stories." I think that's what she says. Yeah. And then at the end, he's got a whole new fun story to tell her, and he acts it out, and it's just very nice. Yeah, yeah, it's very sweet, and the casting of Nawazuddin Siddiqui is perfect because he used to be a junior artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my favorite was Sheila Key Giovanni. Oh, okay, so yeah, actors. Um, it, it helps that. I love the Sheila Kijavani scene from Tis Khan. Who doesn't? Uh, one of my favorite songs. Such a jam. Uh, and and I love Katrina Kaif. We looked and, into buying the doll. Oh, yes. Too much money. Yes. Because it's on eBay for $300. I did not realize they made a Katrina Kaif Barbie doll. Yeah. They've made more than one. Um, yeah. I want one. Listeners, if so you've got badly. a line on one of these, let us know. Because <laughs> we would spend upwards of like... A hundred Canadian dollars, but three hundred. 
You you asked if it could be a podcast expense, <laughs> and I I think it could. It's just three hundred dollars is a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah. So I this 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 film introduced me to the fact, like to merchandise I, that mm-hmm. I didn't know existed. And, and everyone uh, loves merchandise. Everyone loves merchandise. Merchandise spotlight. Here we go. Mm-hmm. There's a doll. <laughs> it's a Katrina <laughs> Kaif in Doom Three doll. Yeah, and then there's also they don't have the Doom Three when they have like her in um like a pink dress. I think holding like a film fair award. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This this segment I think is just so delightful, and it's about like it's about how the movies, can, you know, the connection that you develop with movie stars, and how they can inspire you and encourage you to follow your dreams. And I just love this little boy who wants so badly to dance. He wants to be like Sheila. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that the film takes the stance that he doesn't want to be with Sheila. He wants to be like Sheila. I think it's completely non-sexual. He's too little to know know. if he's gay or not. Exactly. And that's that's one of the things that I love about it. His dad dad doesn't love it. but Of uh, course not. Yeah. Of course not. And he gets to put on like a performance at the end, which I think, you know, could signal potentially a great drag future for this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's such a heartwarming little story about a little boy wanting to pursue dancing, wanting to express himself with his body. He doesn't want to play sports. He wants to be creative and artistic and, and dance. Someone like should Kayla. show uh, Ranveer Shori's character uh, all, all that jazz and just see <laughs> like, uh, Fosse was a dancer, but like he was also a ladies man. Yeah, though, I mean... If that's what I he's think, worried about? I, I don't think the film gives us enough to know the orientation of this boy. And maybe he's too he little. Doesn't he doesn't know yet, yet. But that's obviously what Shori's character's concerned, concerned about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's no. very worried about masculinity, right? So, mm-hmm. like, that's always hard-coded. It's like, my kid ain't gay. No way. And I think one of the nice things at the end of the film is that all the boys... Um, cause they put on this performance and people buy tickets and surprising mm-hmm. amount of people show up to see this kid dance. It's like 40 people. Though. Um, and at first I think you're worried that everyone's going to make fun of him, but all the boys actually like get into it and are encouraging. I don't know. It's just a lovely little film about the power of movies and, uh, how they can inspire us. Yeah. Um, I liked the Moraba short. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll be playing the song from it about how Bachan is every kid's favorite actor. Yeah. Everyone loves him. Um, I've I've heard people say that it's too slow and depressing because mm-hmm. it is because yeah. he doesn't get to go see Amitabh Bachchan right away. He has no. to wait outside, and the guards keep blowing him off, and he keeps seeing cars leaving and entering the compound. But like, I think it was interesting because I don't think that the main character is like a huge Amitabh Bachchan fan. No, he's just there because. His own father went to go see Raj Kapoor, no, Dilip Kumar. Yeah. Go see Dilip Kumar to do the same thing for his father. And it's more about, like, how movie stars are essentially magical. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting. And it was just kind of like a black comedy about this guy who increasingly needs to do this because he's going crazy rather than he just, like, loves movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, I do think it dragged. It had some pacing issues, but it was good. Um, and that back on, I think, is, is a highlight. Yeah, the uh, I think you're going to get a lot of this over the course of this episode, but uh, the Karen Johar short, this is the best one he did, I think. Yeah. But this one... And Randy Mukherjee looks great. Yeah, Randy Mukherjee, always a snack. But 
this just seems like a subplot from a movie rather than its own cohesive short film. I think it tries to do too much. You get a lot of backstory for the main character, which you probably don't need. Yeah, we don't need to know about kind of how he came out to his parents and the tension there. And I think that's just too much. And then you get all the self-hatred in the closet, the closetedness with Randy Puda. And then also like how this affects Randy Mukherjee. It's just, it's too much, I think. The other films are more successful because they're more pared down and simple. Yeah. Um, whereas this, I think they're kind of, it does feel more like proof of concept for a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would like to see Karen Johar make um, make a film about um, homosexuality. You know, I'd like to see him direct that. I think he... I'd like to see Randy Puda in a film like that. He's yeah, great. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think potentially this could be a great feature, but I think as a short it didn't entirely work, and I think aspects it's of it too fall open-ended. into cliches. It's too open-ended, yeah. and it doesn't... It kind of tries to go for like a thematic sort of ending with the songs coming back, mm-hmm. but really, it's you're not left wanting more. You're just like, okay, well, that's not a short film. Yeah, yeah. I just... I, yeah, I don't think it's as successful. Um, do we want to talk about Apna Bombay Talkies? Sure. It's awkward. <laughs> yeah, so it starts out with um, a guy kind of going to the theater and sitting down, and on screen it shows clips from a bunch of old movies. I like that part. Uh, yeah, and it And goes, it looks like they're trying to lip sync the people in the old movies to the song, yeah. which I thought was cool. And it goes through kind of the the history of Indian cinema on screen. If you like Hollywood the, cinema on yeah, screen, really. If you like the part in uh, um, Om Shanti Om, yeah, the Doom Thomas song. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And then you get to the present day, and it, everything just starts to look really artificial. And you have all of these uh, actors on a green screen lip syncing to the song Bombay Talkies that combined kind of all of these famous singers. And then also, when certain actors are being featured, you either see kind of like their famous dance move in the case of Shavakan, or you hear snippets from popular songs. Like when you see Priyanka Chopra, you hear Desi Girl. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, they're all dancing together on the steps of the theater but it's like so blatantly poor cgi like that part in zero it's just kind of a really unsatisfying and awkward ending mm-hmm. yeah it's i didn't i didn't like it and this song for kind of how monumental it was to bring um all of these people together to compose it and write it and then sing it all of these kind of legendary names it's kind of banal it's banal exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's they should have called it the movie. <laughs> That's Bombay Talkies. I will say um, that I think the pacing of the four films is well done. By starting out with the weakest, it's kind of you only go up. <laughs> I wonder um, if uh, Karen Johar thought that. Like, oh, I'll just put mine first. No. It's not that good. And I do think... The, the length of these ones makes a lot more sense, too. Yeah. And they're I, all about the same length. I think this is an interesting collection of directors because they're, these are four directors who are having a huge impact on... Uh, on Bollywood, uh, they were having a huge impact in 2013, and seven years later, they're still having a huge impact. Karen Jarre has become more of a producing figure at this point. I don't know if and he television has... television personality? Yeah. Yeah, he just has that show that debuted on Netflix that we haven't checked out yet. Um, I don't know if he's announced when he's returning to directing. Uh, I do like Mishka was pretty good, though. It was okay. It had its moments. It had its moments. Um, but Zoya Akhtar... 
uh, Dipakar Banerjee and Anirag Kashyap, I think are three of the most interesting directors currently working in Bollywood. And I'm always interested to see what they're doing and what they're putting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're, and they're totally, all four of these directors are very different, but they're all kind of doing their own thing. And so mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to see them come to come together and to have perspectives that seem as opposite as Anurag Kashyap and Karen Johar, even though we know that they're not as far apart as they may seem. Um, and as, Andrew Kashup implied they were in the past because, you know, after this, we would get Bombay Velvet, mm-hmm. uh, which we stand. Yes, we stand a legend. All right, so because we think uh, Apna Bombay Talkies is kind of a disappointing song, we are going to be playing that Back John song we discussed. Yeah, it's fun. Enjoy. is right around the corner and Norquest College is here to help. Our new Career Moves Professional Development Program will help you transition to new job opportunities. Funded by the Future Skills Center, we will provide one-on-one coaching, self-assessments, skill development and training, and up to $2,000 in available tuition credit. Our focus is your success. Make your next move. Apply today at norquest.ca slash careermoves. On episode 64 of the Edmonton Community Foundation's Well-Endowed podcast, Eco City Edmonton, they visit the Bissell Center and learn about the solar array they are installing thanks to a grant from Eco City Edmonton. Plus, they talk to Simon Irving, Program Manager at Alberta EcoTrust, about the huge impact that Eco City Edmonton grants are having in our city. For more information on the Well-Endowed podcast, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. So that was the Butchan song from Bombay Talkies. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we've got the second film in the Talkies trilogy. Uh, so by this time, they've moved to Netflix yeah. as Netflix quote-unquote originals. And I think, you know, I would have honestly been interested in seeing Netflix release them as like episodes rather than whole features. because. Mm-hmm. After Bombay Talkies, I didn't find that they cohered that much anymore. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess we can get into that. I mean, I think as it goes on, they feel less kind of cohesive. Yeah. Um, This is another series that I kind of feel like has diminishing returns. Though I saw you rated Ghost Stories higher than Lost Stories, so maybe we disagree on that. Uh, I will say that I do think moving to Netflix is kind of a big prestige drop. Uh, Netflix films, with the exception of the ones that they kind of... Buy afterwards, or...? Well, no, no, not necessarily, because they produce The Irishman. Sure, but um, like but Uncut the... Gems, Annihilation, that they took over distribution for. Yeah, I would say, um, for the most part, as opposed to the ones that they actually push into theaters and try to get awards attention for... Uh, the rest of them have kind of a lower profile mm-hmm. and almost feel like cast-offs. Even ones that do well, like Bird Box. But all presumably. these Adam Sandler movies 
like they just kind of run together in there. Not not on Cut Gems, obviously, but like no one really talks about murder mystery or yeah, and um, none of the all these other things. None of the original Hindi films that they've put out, I think, have had um, a huge draw. Like we watched the first one, Love Per Square Foot. Yeah, uh, it's forgettable. Which was fine, yeah. but forgettable. Is it Vicky Koshal? Yeah, yeah, it was Vicky Koshal. Right. Uh, and but conversely, Ghoul. Yeah, they Ghoul put was cool. out in three episodes as opposed to just putting it out as a ninety-minute movie. Yeah, and I think that did that did a lot for Ghoul because instead of looking at it as a film, you look at it as a TV series. And I think and Netflix a general, is for TV. I think exactly. Yeah. I think there's a general perception, um, and I certainly see that in my own viewing habits. That Netflix series are like Netflix original series are yeah. superior to Netflix films, unless it's them courting that. That Oscar idea. So, like, Beast Dolomite of No Nation. Is... Yeah, I guess Beast of No Nation, yeah. yeah. But I was thinking more like Dolomite is my name, yeah. Roma, The Irishman, The Two Popes. Like, those are kind of the exception, but most other Netflix films seem forgettable. Yeah. There seems to be two tiers. Yeah, and can't forget the way that they released Gangs of Wasipur that I don't think is available that way anymore. No. But split up into like five episodes or something. Yeah. I mean, they're willing to take chances. I think that's. Yeah interesting and they'll you know uh, i laud them for doing it but i almost think that this could be more of like a anthology tv show yeah i think so i think that would work better like that modern love show that that amazon prime is doing yeah i haven't watched it but yeah yeah that that seems like an interesting way that netflix could keep doing this without having to kind of impose a theme Mm -hmm. because some of these genres don't really jive with the director's Specialties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I just feel like Netflix original movies really get lost in in the noise. Like, did anyone really pay attention to Drive beyond making fun of it? No, I only watched half of it. And, and what was that like? Watch the rest. Was it called Chopsticks that came out a while ago? I saw that once on the list of things, and it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the algorithm is just so cruel. Mm-hmm. And they have so much stuff coming out all the time. And I'm usually just watching anime on there anyway. So Yeah. I think Lost Stories and Ghost Stories has the advantage of having the name recognition of Akhtar, Banerjee, Yeah, it's got Keshef, four different directors Johar, yeah. for the algorithm to spit out at you. Yeah. yeah. So it came out in 2018. And uh, this time they don't have names. No. So I'll just say who's in them, basically, mm-hmm. and give a little plot synopsis. Uh, the first one is Kashyap's film. It stars Radhika Apte and Akash Tozar. And it's about a... I think she's a professor. If it's a high school teacher, it's kind of gross. Right? No, no, it's college. Yeah. So it's a professor who uh, sleeps with one of her students and kind of becomes obsessed with him and starts, like, cyber-stalking him. He starts dating another girl in her class, and she freaks out about that. And it's kind of meandering. This is one of the few Radhika Apte Netflix projects I didn't Radflex. actually... Radflex. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the few entries in the Radflex canon that I didn't really like, actually. Yeah. Um, but next up, we've got uh, Zoya Akhtar. So uh, this one has Bumi Pendakar and Neil Bupalam. So this is my favorite one of the whole set, actually. Mine too. And it's about a young guy whose parents are in town. He lives in a different city from them, and they're trying to set up a marriage. And what his parents don't know is that he's been sleeping with his housekeeper, and Mm -hmm. they legit actually seem to like each other, right? Like, they have sort of a loving relationship, and we follow the movie from her perspective, Bumi Pendekar, 
as she has to like serve this family that's coming in to show their daughter off and she gets jealous and it's just a really interesting depiction of what would be a pretty awkward situation and like class is there and everything there was a film that came out earlier this year called sir um starring tilotama shome i think that's how you pronounce her name i apologize if it isn't um who people would recognize from monsoon wedding and a death in the gunge uh it's directed by um rohana gera and it's a similar concept it's about um a housekeeper who kind of starts a relationship with her with her employer um it's not as sexually explicit as this short film is um this one probably is one of the most sexually explicit mainstream hindi things i've ever seen yeah yeah no so it it doesn't get us up there it's more kind of in the the will they won't they vein of kind of like the lunchbox it's a very kind of low-key indie film sounds nice um it is it's very good actually i I maybe should have brought it up on our wrap-up episodes yes uh it's very good Hmm. uh so if you like this short i would check out that feature i did like this short i I love this short um i think bumi pendekar is excellent i think akhtar does a good job of not revealing that she's the housekeeper at first. So you just kind of, you see them mm-hmm. in the act before you understand the dynamic. As soon as she puts her outfit on, though, you can figure it out. Yes, yes. And yeah. I think it examines kind of uh, class differences. Uh, she also in can't a really say anything. Natural way. So it's yeah. all like her face and kind of the way that she's kind of keeping quiet and staying far away from what's happening. That's where you could see that she's really distressed about the situation. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's not like they were going to get married or anything, so probably yeah. not. It's really well done. It seems like his family wouldn't like that, so yeah, it's just kind of like longing, and it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Deepakar Banerjee's film in this one features Munisha Koyla, Jadeep Alawat, and Sanjay Kapoor, and this is my second favorite one, I think. Yeah. It's it's another sort of awkward situation where Manisha Korla and J.D. Palawat are having an affair and her husband is his best friend. Mm-hmm. And they seem to have business partnerships. They know each other from school. They're very linked together. And they're at his beach house, which we keep getting repeated to us. He got for pretty cheap. And it's a very new building, just moved in. And Sanjay Kapoor shows up after calling Kerala trying to figure out where she is. So it's a, another like really awkward situation. I thought this one just kind of went on too long. Yeah, me too. I I like the setup and I really like the performances. Um, but yeah, it just, again, I think the pacing, it, it went on a bit too long. For a short film, it could have had like 10 yeah. minutes shaved off. But I did really like to see that um, it was about older people mm-hmm. um, and, and their sexual desires and their sexual needs i think i think that's important to see Mm -hmm. in movies i think often um sex and romance in in movies is for young people or it's a joke for old people yeah and 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 i think this is approaches a mature sexuality very honestly i really liked it yeah and then the last one by karen johar again too much (laughs) too much plot this is a little bit over the top uh so this features kira advani uh, it is a role better than the one she has in uh, Kabir Singh, I guess. Fair enough. She does talk a lot more, which I guess is something. 
uh, Vicky Koshal and Neha Dupia. Uh, so Kira Advani is on a date with Vicky Koshal. They like each other a lot. They get married, um, but he's a you know two pump chump, I guess is what you could call him. <laughs> yeah, she can count down to his it's orgasm. It's like five. It's always six five. It's like a five pump chump. Yeah. Um, and he does not appear to know that there's anything wrong about that. He's kind of like a mama's boy. But this one kind of reads like a uh, Dear Penthouse Forum letter. Because uh, Kira Advani eventually tries to take matters into her own hands. And wouldn't you, wouldn't you believe it? Some sexy results happen. And it's awkward. <laughs> yeah. They really, these are, all studies in, these are all studies in awkwardness rather than lustfulness, I would say. <laughs> Maybe. These uh, be awkward sex stories, the films. But this one is just like, there's a lot of plot to keep a track of. And... It's it's kind of funny, but I don't know if Karen Johar can really push the limit on a sex comedy. Like, it's, like it's not even Mastazade level. Yeah. And it kind of needs to be, considering what's going on, because that would be... It could actually be pretty funny if you handled it correctly. I think, again, he's trying to put too much plot here. Yeah, again, this could be its too, own little movie. Too much development... Um, maybe it would work as a feature-length film, but as a short, I don't think it does. And the climax, oh God, pun intended. Hello. Um, is just so ridiculous and I think really poorly executed. Uh, I will say I like Vicky Koshal's performance. Um, I think he's doing kind of a good job as, um, this sexually ineffective, uh, kind of bro. Like he, he, Um, he literally has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, they, and it's just like yeah, that's what that's all you do, right? You're just around. I really don't think the film understands the book Lolita, though. I yes. will say there is a really good joke with the book. <laughs> yeah, there's a good joke about editing and bowdlerization, kind of. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Uh, yeah, so again, so I found these more mixed than the first film. I think it's interesting that. They all explore female sexuality. So it's called Lust Stories, um, but every single one of them is really about women's desires and need for sex, mm-hmm. uh, which I liked. I don't know what Cash App is trying to say with his. I really did not get it. Don't stick your dick in crazy. That's, that is what <laughs> it, he's getting it at. It does feel the least feminist. 100%. 100%. <laughs> you sleep with a girl one time and then she goes crazy and tries to ruin your life. I don't think that was Cash App's intentions because it is That's like how a it comes lot off, of it though. is from Apte's perspective. But yeah, it's really. She's, she has like not, sort of interview segments where she's talking to somebody about what's going on, but we don't know who it is and we don't know why this is happening. Yeah. Is it her therapist? Yeah. Who are we supposed to be? Who. Who is she talking to? So, yeah. Well, I think the first film was kind of like three out of four. This one is like two out of four. For goodness? Yeah. I think I gave Bombay Talkies three and a half. No, this no, no. One, I'm saying like out of four films. So, the first one is like, so three of the four are good. Oh. This one, I feel like two of the four are good. Yes. And so, like, 50% is not great. No, you could do a lot better. Yeah. Though, I will say, I think that... Um, Actars and Banerjee's really kind of elevate the other two. Like, they kind of make it worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cash Apps is the first and Joe Hars is the last. So you can really just watch the middle of the movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. And because they're short films, and there's really nothing that connects them other than, you know, this kind of theme. Um, it's not like you It need, is tenuous. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you need to watch them all to under, to get anything. You know, I did kind of like having these short films because, you know, sometimes, take you behind the curtain here, folks, like, we'll, we'll watch a movie and then, like, maybe two days later get to finish it just because of our schedules, right? Like, it's tough to yeah. sit down for two and a half hours, three, eight hours, three and a half hours, like... To do something in one sitting is not always viable. Not always. Um, but these, I mean, you could get one done during lunchtime. I think that's one reason why I think that they would that you're right. It would look work better as like an anthology series mm-hmm. um, instead of an anthology film series. Plus, um, you're multiplying. But where your, they were just like episodes. Plus, you're multiplying your views by four, right? Like, if someone's interested yeah. enough to watch all four episodes of Lost Stories as opposed to one film. That's four times as much engagement. Yeah. I don't work at Netflix. I don't know if that's how it works, but maybe. I'd also, and I guess I'll say this now before we get into the last one. I think it'd be some nice to see some new directors kind of become involved. Uh, you know, I, I know that this is Axar Banerjee, Kashyap, and Joe Har's little series, their little anthology series, but it would be great. It would be great to see them bring in kind of some new voices. Because the Marco Dard Nahihote guy. I want to see what that guy does with like, you know. I don't know, sadness stories or something. Zoya Akhtar has been working with Lankitar Srivastava. Um, she worked with her on Made in Heaven. So it would be nice to see, it would just be nice to see them pass the torch. I think if they were to do a fourth one, that's what I would like to see. Like them all pick a director to to pass it on to. Mm, um, or you could do like a, uh, like we get at a lot of Halloween parties here where you have to do a performance, but as someone else. That could be Oh, fun. yeah. Like, yeah. they could try each other's style. Wouldn't it be cool to see Anya and Kashyap try and do a Karen Johar film? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it would be wild, but, you know, I'd like to see... That could be something. But instead of any of the ice, these ideas, the third installment is Ghost Stories. Instead of any ideas. Oops. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, which came out a couple of weeks ago. It's also on Netflix. Um, and once again, I'll... There are four films directed by. Is it a 2020 movie or 2019? Because 2020. Because Letterbox is 2019. It didn't come out till January though. I'm. I. It came out in 2020. I'm going mm. 2020. I don't care what Letterbox says. The first one is directed by Zoya Akhtar and it stars Janvi Kapoor, Sureka Sikri, and Vijay Varma. Jean- oh, it was Vijay Varma. Yeah. I didn't recognize him for some reason. I think. Did he have no facial hair or something? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I like that guy. Uh, okay, I like this one a bit more. <laughs> so Akhtar is a nurse. She gets a call that she has a job to go take care of this elderly woman. So she goes over to her home, lets herself in, and then does a terrible job of being a nurse. Like uh, me, uh, Jean-Fi Kapoor never goes in the kitchen if she can help it. Yes. Yes. She does not go in the kitchen and... The elderly woman keeps kind of asking about her son and kind of needing things. And Janvi Kapoor just kind of dismisses her as crazy. And, you know, she's spending time talking to her boyfriend. And then at the end of the film, you discover that the old woman was dead this whole time? I guess in the I, kitchen? that's a spoiler, but I was totally expecting um, the boyfriend character who I know. Should received. I not be spoiling these ones? I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to watch it. Okay. Uh, I was totally expecting the boyfriend character to get murdered by a ghost. Yeah. Right? And that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, next we have Anurite Cash Apps. This one, Zora Akhtar, kind of boring. This, this went for it. Yeah. It stars 
Sobita Dilipala, Sagar Arya, and Zachary Braz. Uh, I don't even know if I can explain what this is about. Yeah, I, I, he's working with a bunch of imagery that I'm not quite sure what it is. The basic gist is uh, there's an opening in a hospital, and um, there's a someone has a baby, and there's a Polaroid photo, and kind of in the hallway we know that something bad has happened. And I think the um, whole movie is trying to replicate the color palette of Polaroid, of that Polaroid before photo. it, like... Kind of fully developed. Yeah. We then see Sobita Dilupala. She's taking care of her nephew and she's pregnant. And over the course of the film, her pregnancy kind of develops, but also she is hurt by the the pregnancy. Uh, so she's having like pregnancy pains. Seem to be somewhat debilitating. Maybe She also has birds in her attic. She has birds in her attic. Maybe she has a miscarriage and we see like fetus. Uh, her nephew is like not excited for her to have another, well, for her to have a baby, um, because he feels like then she won't love him as much. Gotta um, say, she also talks that is to, the greediest shit I've ever heard. What an yeah. asshole little kid. She also talks to like her dolls a lot, and then there's like Creepy. a lot of bird imagery, and maybe she's a bird. There's a kind of Cronenbergian bird costume. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and like. The baby she gave birth to was a stillborn, and she's a bird? And then the baby eats a fetus? The the bird person eats a fetus? I don't... I don't it's crazy. I don't know what this is about. Anyways... It was creepy, you, though, you know? Dimakar Banerjee's... Uh, this is the best one. Star Sakant Girl, Aditya Shetty, Eva Amit, and Golshan Devaya. Uh, doing my best with those names. Uh, this, this is the best one. Um, so a man kind of goes to this abandoned small town and he meets two kids. These two kids uh, tell him about, like, they think at first that he's come to help them, but he hasn't. And he kind of has to hide out with these two kids because everyone in town has become a cannibal and is slowly becoming a demon. And at well, first, you well, know, hold on. No, it's half of the people in small town got eaten by people from big town. And the other ones who are still alive, they also became cannibals and are starting to turn into weird monster people. Yes. I was just trying to simplify it. Sure. Yeah. I think it's important, though. Okay. That's fair. It is important. Uh, and at first, you're not sure if like these kids are making this up, but eventually then you, you see the demon cannibal people. Um, and things kind of get crazier from there as they kind of are forced to either... Uh, join in or be killed mm -hmm. um, and this kind of dichotomy between small town and big town comes up quite a bit and there is a there's a very good special effect with a monster we should say that in so we're calling it small town and big town mm -hmm. because that's what the subtitles say mm -hmm. but what they're actually called are biscara and salgara mm. so I don't know if that maps exactly to small town and big town. I don't know. But I think we get the point. It, like, small town and big town is something that a little kid would say, right? Yeah. Like, I'm from big town, you know? What makes this one so good is it kind of understands the Stephen King trick of having a kid explain things is so much creepier mm -hmm. than having an adult explain things. Because kids don't have a rational view of the world yet, so they're able to kind of appreciate things that are completely alien mm -hmm. and then when an adult hears this and has to like understand that a kid is actually right it totally works 
Yeah, the the special effects are really well, well done. It's mostly practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, this monster looks incredible. Uh, I hate cannibalism, so this like really got under my skin. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of um, like Wendigo stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some Canadian, yeah. If you're aware of what the Wendigo is, uh, yeah, it was it was creepy. I think certainly the scariest of the bunch. Um, the most fully realized of the bunch. I think Banerjee understood kind of how to have a complete story, but not try and stuff too much into a short film of just but, kind of having a really contained thing. But his also is an allegory too, yeah. Because some you know stuff comes to light as the story goes on, and you you get the sense that like this is an angry film that is talking about things in Indian society. Yeah, this one more than any of the others, I feel like. I understand it's what it's about, and yeah. it feels relevant. The last one is directed by Karen Johar. stars Manal oh, Thakur. I can't wait for you to summarize this one. Avinash Tiwari and Joyti Sapash. Uh, it's about a young woman who has an arranged marriage, and then on her wedding night, she discovers that her new husband believes that his grandmother, his past grand, like his deceased grandmother, is still with them, and he talks to her every night and expects her to as well and to respect his grandmother. So it's the about grandma a, walks in it, on them. It's about a gross having sex. Yeah, the grandmother walks in on him going down on her. And so yeah. she starts to to think like, well, this is crazy and insane and resent the fact that like everyone in this household respects this invisible grandmother. Yeah. Uh, and then she kind of like takes Takes her revenge out on Granny, but eventually, you know, Granny, of course, is going to turn the tables on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, this the, is bad. This is terrible. And again, this was like trying to put way too much into yeah. it. Though I will say, I liked the set design. Yeah, and all the and costumes. And I will say, it was not my least favorite of all four. The costumes. So way to go, oh, Karen really? Johar. You, is it... This is the cash ship you hated the most? Actors. Oh, yeah. This is just boring. Yeah, though I do like that look on John B. Kapoor. Yeah, it looked fine. Yeah. Uh, so the Kendra Har film, um, the actress who's playing, I think she's a maid or possibly a cook. Yeah. She has this amazing sort of resting angry face. Resting evil face. Yeah. Yeah. Used to amazing effect. Secret Invisible Grandma, though. <laughs> what what these, apart from Banerjee, who does actually like have a sort of summarizing statement in his yeah. movie... These needed to have the kind of Tales of the Crypt ending where either it's like a surprise and we don't like what we thought was happening is something completely different or like someone gets their just desserts. Yeah. And it's like Twilight Zone. Yeah. And Johar kind of tries that. It reminded me a lot of the Fakir in uh, um, in Typewriter. Right. But also it was as scary as Typewriter, which is to say not scary. No, it was just, ugh. and and like, I don't know. Like, it's about like a grown man being un- too uncomfortable, like uncomfortably close to his grandmother that he still wants his grandmother. This like, is the thing we need to worry tuck about. Tuck him these in days. at night. It's, oh, I just I didn't know what to make of it. Well, there are a lot of like mama's boys in Bollywood movies. Yeah. So this is that to like the nth degree. And isn't Johar like a pretty big mama's boy? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think so. Just the way that he's like talked about his mother. So speaking of being a mama's boy or a mama's girl, we were just interrupted by a phone call from my mother. 
and I had to call my parents. So, <laughs> so I guess I go. guess we could say that this this film this film brought us closer to our parents. Maybe not our grandparents, but our parents. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't. I at mean, all. it's. I suppose I would be somewhat scared or bothered by an invisible grandma, <laughs> but like. Or if I was obsessed with my invisible grandma. Yeah. I think And she came in while we were having sex. But I think it could be a lot creepier. It's I don't feel like he's trying to be scary at all. Just make her a zombie or something. Make her gross. Don't make her just look like a grandma. Yeah, I guess the end kind of has a bit of like an existential dread thing, but Ugh. Yeah, this this was the weakest of the bunch, and it does not make me like I don't want another one of these it doesn't make me want more of them no me neither like if we get another one of these I I would like to see some new perspectives it would have been nice if I don't know instead of finding new themes they just brought on new directors to also explore what Bollywood and Hindi cinema or just Indian cinema in general means to to people do you know who would do a good horror movie who Konkana Sansharma yeah yeah she would she could definitely do it yeah yeah, uh, so you you would you would like to see a redo on the horror ones? I think a horror anthology show would be good. Yeah. Or. Well, Jordan Peele tried to reboot. I thought that it was okay. That it was okay. I haven't heard that. But I like, um, yeah, I think that this is not the worst idea for a series of films, but I think it's got to get you got to mix it up a little. Yeah, I guess I just wonder, like, yeah, if they all really had something to say in the horror genre. Uh, Banerjee did. Cash Apps feels deeply personal. Like, I have no clue what this is about, and I'm just like, I feel like this is something that you're trying to work through, right? Yeah, I've heard it compared to Black Swan, but it's not really like that. There's bird imagery, but it's not tied to performance it's all about like birth problems. Yeah, I I don't know what to make of it. And Zoya Actars is just it's just a nothing. It's a boring. It's a nothing. Yeah. This, yeah. Like I was thinking about the set design. Like, oh, this is a really creepy apartment. And, and that's the one thing I liked about Johars is I thought that set design was cool. I really liked. But it that didn't look like a horror movie. It looked cool. It looked like a fashion spread. Well. I don't think a horror movie always has to have like the same aesthetic. But there's a way but... to use aesthetic in a way like think about peter strickland who is almost entirely aesthetic so good but also he makes like creepy things happen in his movies yeah like there's a way to be actually horror is actually a great means for people to have like super expressive visuals like uh argento i was just thinking argento all kinds of different things but you actually have to have something scary happen. Otherwise, it's just an exercise in oh, lighting effects. Or I think you have some... Or fans. Or fans. Or, or I th- you know, I th- synthesizers. I think you just have to have something to say. And if you have nothing to say, then be stylish. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's the Karen Johar way. But, like, <laughs> the fact that it looked like a fashion spread... But it didn't it look enough it, like it a should have got. To, no, it should have tied into that a little bit. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit passe to think about this. But remember in Fight Club when... 
Um, horror of all horrors, the main character has a nice apartment and has furnished it with Ikea furnishings, and this <laughs> is hurting his feelings for some reason. But, like, his, his, his apartment starts to look like an Ikea catalog, yeah. and then there's, like, ads popping up. What a, Do you know what he should have done? What? Karen Johar should have done his version of Too Many Cooks. <laughs> right? Like, people trapped in his aesthetic? That would have been cool. Because yeah. he definitely has a look that is very distinctive and a story structure that's incredibly distinctive. Like, play with that. Yeah, except, like, I don't think that he is interested in aesthetics and style and kind of, like, formal uh, experimentation. I mean, as you can see over these three short films, he's kind of interested in very... Dare I say, I, I don't want to say basic. I was going to say basic, but I don't want to say basic. But what he's primarily interested in is kind of um, the romantic relationships between married couples. The tension and friction between married couples. Newly married couples or couples who've been together for a while. Yeah. And, and you see that all the time in his movies. It's, it's A lot of it is about family and romance. Now I'm just thinking, like, how good Karen Johar's Too, Too Many Cooks could be. <laughs> Because, like, tagline, it's all about loving your family. Like, it would be like like you, you try and get away, but boom, it's your family. <laughs> or, like, you're trying to go to the bathroom, bam, family. Okay, you've like, had... your family would not escape. You, you cannot escape your family, and it's not an invisible grandma this time. It's like every time you try to do anything, you're stuck in, like, family drama again. And you're like, no, like, I'm trying to go to work over here. That would be good. You've gone you way know it's good. far down this rabbit hole. Are you, do you see any overarching themes among any of the other directors? Overarching themes among all of their work. Okay, let me think. Uh, cash up? No. <laughs> <laughs> because a small scale sort of... Um, apart from looking like student films. Like, he's definitely playing with different um, visual cues. Mm-hmm. Because I thought that the way his Lust Story short looked and was framed was kind of like Altman-y, like shortcuts almost. Mm-hmm. Like kind of vignettes that are strung together and then like she's talking to a therapist or someone off screen, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, the bird one is definitely like, here's my weird bird short. And then, it's almost like, it's not quite Lynchian, but it's getting there in places. You're not going to get this reference, but someone out there will. Maybe the guy who listened to our podcast on his PSP, <laughs> that hero. It's got to be a guy. No way a woman would do that. But like... I think of being a little unfair. Women, you know, there are more female gamers in the world than men. Okay. There are more okay. women game than men do. Whoever the mystery PSP person is... If they, I will give you 40 Canadian dollars if you come out and tell us who you are and give us proof. But anyway, (laughs) when the PlayStation 2 came out, and I think a little bit for PlayStation 3, they had very creepy commercials that were quasi-Lynchian. This reminds me of that. Mm, Okay. It didn't like it wasn't even like connected to a PlayStation itself. It would be like here's a creepy baby uh, doll thing that's crawling around. It's almost like a Tool music video or something. Interesting. Anyway, that's the kind of energy I think he's showing off. Uh, Zoya Akhtar. Let's see. We got old people are gross and scary. 
Um, class divisions make me sad, and uh, gender binary, not so good. I mean, it's kind of people trapped in um, things they want to break free from. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think we said that about Vikram Aditya Matwane, too. But um, there's there's thematic connections there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banerjee, we got Noazine Siddiqui, nice family story, and interaction between little guy and fame, mm-hmm. and Banerjee. Love Geriatric stories. romance. Not geriatric, but like middle-aged Middle-aged romance. romance. But actually, think of this. Similar male character in all three films. Mm. Kind of a put-upon guy who is unhappy with his circumstances. And similar build. Actually, no. J.D. Balawat's pretty big. But like, kind of like a nerdy guy, though. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in all three of them, they kind of get into a situation. They're over their uh, heads, and it's yeah, also not... Yeah, they're over their heads, and they don't have control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. See? There's a theme. There's a theme. Keshev, though, I don't know. Yeah. Johar <laughs> is on theme, but his theme is definitely not connected to the films that he's supposed to be, you know... Working on right, yeah, fair yeah. He's too much on he's he, he's too much on brand. He feels like he's taking um, the least risks. Yes, yeah. Cash up, most risks. Okay, are you ready for my power ranking? You made me come up with power rankings. Yes. All right, mine. Did you use the same number system I did? I did. Yes. Okay, so we gave four points to the best um, film, the the best director in each film. Mm-hmm. And uh, four, three, two, one. Yeah, so within each film, I ranked the directors and then I added up their scores. Okay. Um, Can I guess? Sure. Okay. I think you've got Actar one. Nope. Banerjee one? Yeah. Actar two? Yeah. Kashyap three? Yeah. Johar four? Yeah. So that I've, is the exact same ranking. Okay, so I have Dibakar Banerjee ten, so I Actar nine, uh, and you're at Kashyap seven and Karen Johar two. Okay. Uh, I had Banerjee 11. Wait, you had him forced four points each one? You had 10. Never mind. Yeah. So. I like Chilaki Giovanni better. Right, yeah, yeah. So I've got Banerjee 11, Akhtar 8, Kashyap 7, Johar 4. Yeah. Because I liked his Lust Story one a little bit better, I think. The rest, yeah. the rest, he was the worst. Yeah, uh, and you're on Kashyap, I gave his Lust Stories the worst one as well. Yeah. All right. So that uh, that brings us to the end of of this episode discussing these anthology films. It's this this was interesting. Is we, this a Netflix and chill on Dill? No. No. It's, um, it's two thirds of one. Two thirds of one. Uh, we have a relationship with all four of these directors, and so I think this was kind of interesting. This is an interesting project, I, mean, I think, with unfortunately diminishing returns. I mean, what it's inspired me to do is seek out more Debakar Banerjee films, because yes. we haven't really seen very much of those, but what I did see, I liked. Yes. Um, I don't think we've ever talked about any of his films on the podcast. We've we've seen them, uh, like Detective Biomkesh Bakshi. Um, and we've had doing an episode about him on our whiteboard for a while, but we haven't yet. So if you guys would like to hear a Banerjee episode, uh, let us know, because it's certainly one that we'd be interested in exploring. Yeah, he's he's definitely the one that I'm more interested in learning about, but it's also because I'm fairly familiar with everyone else. 
Yeah, at this point, we've seen every Zoya Akhtar film. We haven't quite seen every um, And You're a Cash Up film, but we're getting up there. Um, and we've seen, I think, most of Karen Johar's films, if not all of them. Yeah. No, there's a few. Oh, right. We there's haven't seen the big. There's a few Shara Khan um, ones. Kano Hano. Yeah, we haven't seen the big uh, infidelity one that we are planning on doing an episode on yeah. in the future. So that's, yeah, yeah there's, there's a couple of the mid 2000s ones we still yeah. have to see. Um, but this was nice, kind of light viewing um, as we kind of get into 2020 after our big epic. Uh, year-end wrap-up, it was kind of nice to have something that's like cookies, right? Like, they're, they're short, small bites. Yeah. Yeah. Could knock off two of them at work on your lunch break. Yeah. So, what are we going to be doing next time, Matt? Well, we're going back in the deep end yep. into some long movies, but with someone who's uttered almost as a mythological character in Bombay Talkies. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Mr. Amitabh Bachchan. We started uh, a series a while back of looking at Bachchan um, kind of year by year. Uh, We haven't made um, a new installment in that series in a while. So we are going to pick up that series and kind of cover his earliest films. uh, Because we kind of started with um, kind of the early 70s and moved into mid-70s. But there's some earlier stuff that we haven't discussed yet. Now... We don't know if we're going to be doing two films in our next episode or three, just because we're having some uh, accessibility issues. So we'll be deciding that kind of closer to. Yeah, basically, his uh, Sat Hindustani yeah. from 1969. Can't find anywhere. Can't, can't find with English subs anywhere. Yeah. There are uh, bad versions on YouTube, like not really good shape, and also no subtitles. So like they're available for Hindi speakers, obviously, mm-hmm. but not for us. 1970, he does a film called Bombay Talkie, which is a Merchant Ivory movie. And, and he's, he's not in it that much. Barely it's mostly in it. a Shashi Kapoor film. Yeah, so we're mostly going to be talking about 71 and 72. Yeah. And then 73 to 76, I think we've covered already. Exactly. So once we're done this, we'll probably do late 70s into 80s. I don't see, unless we could find like a version of Sat Hindustani we can actually understand, mm-hmm. I don't see us doing that. And you didn't seem interested in doing um, the... Bombay talking. So. I would potentially eventually be interested in, in discussing Richard. It's also Ivory. not a Bollywood movie. Yeah, but I just for this series, I don't think the role is big enough to to fit the film in yeah. into the episode. But we're going to be taking a look at uh, Anand from uh, 1971 and Bombay to Goa 1972, yeah. and we're also looking at a film called Goody, where he is in it as himself. It's a 1971 film. And we're not entirely sure how much of he him is in the movie. And it's also like cusp of stardom. So it'll be really interesting to see how he was being floated in films at the time. I'd love to see that. But if it's like for five minutes in like a luck by chance scenario, like yeah. he's just kind of a like a talking head or something, we probably won't do it. But yeah. I, I, I do want to check that out. So yeah. if you know anything about the film Goody from 1971, let us know if it's worth checking out. But... Anand and uh, Bombay to Go is the ones we were going to do. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I think I already said that. Yeah, it's still the end of the episode. It's I'm going to keep repeating myself. Yeah. You know, I'm so worried that sometimes I start talking in circles on this podcast. Um, but we do we do try and edit that stuff out. Um, in the meantime, Matt, that's what I say. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out on Twitter at Bollywood Pod. 
I'm there too at Matt underscore B O W E S. I'm Matt Erin E. Fraser, E R A N E F R A S C R. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. You can go to our Tumblr site. Uh, please subscribe to us on your favorite, you know, pod listening app of your choice and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, you can subscribe to my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies. Uh, we just put out an episode about this has been a, This has been a project of mine for about eight years now. Yeah. To try and get Paul Matwichuk to watch the film Akira. Yeah. So we did an episode about um, kind of reactions to the um, atomic bomb being dropped on Japan. So we discussed Hiroshima Monomore and Akira, two of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's was a pretty good, good episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. worth checking out. Debut of the new um, audio setup, too. Yeah. So. I thought uh, it sounded good. Okay, good. Yeah, I listened. We'll tell Paul. Yeah. Uh, we want to give a big shout out and thank you to Becca Dalkey for our artwork mm-hmm. uh, and to you for listening. That's Me? it. No, the listener. Oh, fine. Whatever. I guess I was no looking thank- at I was looking at you, Matt, when I said that. But no, they got thank it. you for me. That's yeah, they, okay. Yeah. Fine. Well, thank you for editing this episode. Anyway, we'll see you at the next talking picture. <laughs>